Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to a very, very special edition of 62 Who Knew. We really think you're going to enjoy uh, this one. First, as always, let me thank last week's guest, Mr. Stephen Sless, uh, one of the national uh, reverse mortgage experts in this country. Uh, we really covered a lot of ground with him, separated the fact from the fiction, the myth from the reality, the you-know-what from the Shinola, um, and it was a great show we had little over 75,000 viewers. So thank you so much, Stephen. Every time you come on, it's always a pleasure. Uh, tonight's show is going to be incredible, and, I, and it's a little different. Uh, it's not quite what we normally do, but I think we're going to do more shows like this, and I think our audience is going to enjoy it. But we, before I introduce our guests, uh, every week we have new viewers. That's why our uh, viewership is going up so much. And... Um, I want to give a little synopsis of what 62 Who Knew is. So, 62 Who Knew is about the double-edged sword, okay, or the silver lining behind the cloud of longer lifespans. I turned 62 approximately six months ago, and when I turned 62, actually it's closer to nine months now, I had many thoughts, like many 62-year-olds do. Do I take my Social Security, or do I defer it for another point in time? Do I need to keep working? Should my house be paid off? Do I need long-term care insurance? And if so, is it too late at my age to get it? Should I have saved more money? Should I have paid off other bills? Is this a time for annuities or bonds? Or should I be investing in a very volatile stock market? Point of the matter is all the questions I asked myself, all my friends asked themselves at this age, so did their fathers, and so did their fathers before them. But my generation, this generation, has one different obstacle than any other generation before it. And what is that obstacle? Longer lifespans. Because in the last several decades, Modern technology, scientific breakthroughs have been so extreme to such an extent that according to the AMA, if you leave, live to be 65 in this country, just live to it. Notice I didn't say in great shape. Just live to be 65 in this country. You have a 50-50 chance of making it to 90. And with new breakthroughs coming through, that could easily in the next decade mean we're living to 100. But let's stick to 90 for a second. Who knew at 62 you had another 30 years to go? Our fathers didn't. Their fathers didn't. Their fathers certainly didn't. Who knew at 62 that half the time you've been here, you still have in front of you? So that's what our show is about. And every week we endeavor to bring on long-term care insurance experts, life insurance experts, reverse mortgage experts, national real estate experts, Medicare, Medicaid, Social Security, the list goes on and on to help everyone, everyone get through those years from 62 to 92 with the highest quality of life. Show has been a success. We want to thank uh, you, the audience. This is, I think, our 96th or 97th show. Obviously, we started with zero and are now averaging between 75 and 80,000 viewers per week. So I want to thank everybody. That's the premise of the show. And now, without further ado, 
I'd like to bring on my three guests, if we can get them up on the screen, and there they are. First, we're going to go to the bottom of the screen, somebody you recognize as uh, a 62 Who Knew regular and one of our favorite people, uh, Mr. Peter Gelbwax. But Peter is not here today as a national long-term care expert or long-term care guru of the nation, of which he is. Not here today is that. Today he's here as Grandpa. We're not going to talk about long-term care insurance. And the two beautiful women to my right, or possibly to your left, depending on how you're watching this, is, Mr. is Mrs. Marjorie, Miss Marjorie and her daughter, Miss Catherine, Catherine Schaefer. And uh, thank you for being here. So let's tell, you, tell everybody what this show is about. The first half of this show is going to be dedicated to Miss Catherine Schaefer, who has been pretty much a worldwide and national phenomenon for several years in the women's golf world. As a freshman in eighth grade, has already won three state champions in Florida, state championships. Um, but how long ago was it, Marjorie? Was it a month or how long ago was it that we were in Orlando? Two months, two months now. I can't believe it's been that long. But two months ago, um, she won the, uh, let me, I want to say it right, Catherine. Um, she won uh, da, 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 the Pro-Am tournament in Orlando as an amateur, which allowed her to play that weekend in the Celebrity Golf Tournament of Champions with the absolute best women golfers in the, in the country, or if not the world. And she came in second in that tournament, but we all know she should have came in first because the guy that came in first should have been disqualified. But that's also another show. Cheater. Okay, I, didn't, I didn't mean that. Uh, actually, actually, I did mean that. She should have come in. Peter, am I right? Should she come in first? It's true. Yeah, you're I, right. That's not Grandpa talking. Let's uh, let's get that guy in the show now. Somebody in the back, get him up here. Um, <laughs> we'll rip him apart. Um, yeah, the glare here. <laughs> you know, I have never. Yeah, you know, I'm not a golfer, so I'm the only one on screen that's not a golfer. Um, watching you play was was just incredible. It was awe inspiring. I mean, I've watched golf. Of course, I watched Tiger Woods like every non-golfer. That's who, you know, it's like if you don't like basketball, you still loved watching Michael Jordan. Even though I'm not a golfer, I took almost every opportunity uh, to watch Tiger Woods. And to watch you on those 18 holes in your Tiger Woods colors, black pants and red shirt, um, do what you did was just so inspiring that it was incredible. Um, And then to watch all those incredible world-class golfers come up to you afterwards and, and hug you and shake your hand and tell you what a future you have is uh, just incredible. So uh, what I'd like to do right now before I start asking you questions, uh, Rob or John, can we roll the interview that the Golf Channel did? With Will Mansell. Oh, many young golfers dream of one day playing with the pros, but as our own Clay Ferro shows us, one local golfer has already accomplished that dream a lot earlier than most. This is where Katherine Schaefer grew up, right here on the golf course. In fact, just check the family photo album. Here she is at seven months old holding a golf club. Then here she is swinging a club at three years old, winning tournaments at the age of seven, and then playing in the state tournament as a high school freshman. I'm a very competitive person. 
I like being, you know, I don't know, but I like, I like winning. Watching her at a young age and what she would do and her, her asking to go to the range, asking to practice um, on rainy days, banking off furniture and creating her own path. But now, as a 14-year-old, she's playing with the pros. Catherine qualified to play in the LPGA Tournament of Champions Pro-Am in Orlando, and she shined. Yeah. Rolling in a birdie while playing with tour pro Georgia Hall and baseball Hall of Famer Greg Maddox. And then, how about this? Knocking down an eagle putt alongside LPGA pro Celine Boutier. I love everything about it. I love the honesty that it teaches you, and I love how it teaches you to be an independent person, how to fight on your own. Getting that taste of life as a pro only makes Catherine thirsty for more. It boosted my confidence a lot and you know, it was just, the experience was amazing and I just made me want to be on that stage even more. At Lagomar in Plantation, Clay Ferreira, local. All righty, well, I was assured the audience heard everything. It was just incredible to watch you play. So how has it affected life? I mean, um, I think, Peter, you'll have to correct me if I'm wrong. And uh, I think there's a word that my mother and my grandmother used to use. And I might not say it correctly. It's kvelling. That's it. It's a Yiddish word. Yeah, yeah you got it. Yeah. Um, there's no doubt both Catherine and Mark. That's me. That's not her. Yeah, I know. Well, well they were kvelling when people were coming up to you and uh and congratulating, and congratulating you. How did you feel that day? I mean, it was something that has changed me forever. And I, it just opened so many doors for me. And I'm so thankful for all the opportunities that I have. It was an amazing experience. I'm just so grateful to have been there and to have played and to meet everyone it was just an amazing experience and i can't wait for the future for the future and now how did it affect before we get to peter because if peter starts to cry then i'm going to start to cry and it's a live show and it won't be cool um right so before we get to i've got peter, i've got sunglasses yeah okay i don't um <laughs> so um before we get to peter how how has this affected life beyond happiness. How do your sisters feel about this? I mean, your sisters, there has to be, you know, a little jealousy. Do you make them clean your, their room? Do they have to carry you to dinner? What, what changes in the house have happened since this? Oh my gosh, no jealousy whatsoever. Good. The second I walked back in the door from the tournament, they all came running into my arms and giving me a hug. And my sisters wrote me cards congratulating me. And they went to a store with my nanny and they got me gifts. It was so sweet. I felt it was just so warming to me. I how, just, oh, that's incredible. And how about at school? Friends, people on the golf team, and they had to be watching. Yes. Um, actually, my teachers, too. It was really cool. I kept getting text messages from all my friends. Every time I was in class, my uh -huh. teachers were like, oh, I saw your interview. I saw your leaderboard, whatever. And I'm just like, oh, thank you so much. Thank uh -huh. you. And it's just, it's awesome. it's awesome. So who have you been contacted by? I mean, major possible sponsors for the future? Because obviously, you don't want to go pro till you're 18. And, uh, you know, so what has... What type of people are, are contacting you? Um, there are some 
shoe companies and some newspapers and, you know, apparel. Yes. And yeah. some news broadcasters. Mm-hmm. Some colleges that started following her. Oh. So it's, yeah. That's going to be incredible. All right, Mom, now it's your turn. Um, yes, that is her mother, not her sister. Um, oh. Mom, how can you explain the pride you have in, in this young lady? It's hard to explain how much pride you have. It's just when you're a parent and you're watching your child do what they love to do. And she's always been so passionate about the sport and she loves doing this. And I absolutely love watching her play. It's, it's just, um, it makes you just really warm feeling because you know that your that your daughter your child is doing something that is their passion they love to do and she works so hard i just incredible amount of discipline and incredible amount of drive and passion and grit and yet an incredible amount of humility at the same time yeah. so it's just it it takes a team it takes a village and she has so many people that really support her and encourage her and just are really thrilled for her. And that's just a really nice feeling to have and to see. Yeah. And, and you, you really did hit it on the head. The, uh, the poise in your interviews, the politeness, uh, the respect was just so beyond your years, uh, Catherine, you. that it was incredible. Okay, Grandpa, keep it together. So um, okay. you were so watching. Okay. okay. You were watching on Facebook Live. You had. Marjorie on the phone 90% of the time. You were watching on TV. You were texting me as we walked around. Um, tell me your feelings as, you know, you already knew she was a legend in your heart as the world discovered Catherine. So, okay, so let's go back to basics. The basics are when Catherine, and I may be a little bit off, they can correct me, but somewhere's around three years of age watching golf on uh, the TV, as I used to with Marjorie, you know, 30 years prior, watch boxing. Um, even though neither one of us was into boxing, it's, you know, we, we just love watching uh, the amateur boxing back in the day when Tyson was just coming, Ooh. coming on, on the scene. Um, Catherine just one day made a decision that she wanted to be a golfer and that she wanted to try that sport and get out there and start playing. And, she did, and this was at a very young age, and what I'm most excited about right now, I'm not going to use the word proud so as much, but I'm most excited about and thrilled about was her self-drive, her determination, her willingness to, to try something that her mother never even had touched, that her grandfather really wasn't uh, playing much at all, uh, that her father was a casual golfer, so it wasn't like she was you know, being influenced at all. Nor was she being uh, influenced to to go forward with this beyond the experiment of, of trying to hit the ball. It was just a natural thing that came about and that she continued. And, and as soon as she began playing, she realized she had a, a special talent. So now to listen to the two of them first talk about uh, the, the words out of her mouth about how grateful she is and the words out of, out of Marjorie's talking about the words drive and passion, humility, support, um, all of those things are very, very 
critically important to make it work, to put together uh, the the opportunity for success, the chance to, to grow and 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 be go beyond what you may have even dreamed about. And she's at that very early stage of, of that. And that's where my pride comes in of, of watching this happen uh, and, and occur. Now, as far as the emotion connected to COVID uh, and the fact that I was at home and not there, that's a completely different part to this, which was really a very mixed up feeling for me on the one hand of, of uh, sadness and on the other hand of it wasn't about me and it still isn't about me. So, it, you know, I, I recognize that I just wanted to be a little closer like you were physically, but at the same time, every time we, and as you know well, how analytical I am, every time I sat down with Sharon and, and talked about this all week long, prior right up to the morning of, when I was thinking about getting in the car at five o'clock in the morning and driving up there, um, I came to the conclusion that it wasn't to our best interest, it wasn't to her best interest or my, or, or Sharon's for that matter, uh, for me to be in attendance. And um, so, you know, there was a roller coaster ride through those hours, um, but certainly um, one of great of joy. Um, and I'm sure that we will have many days going forward uh, of, of that level, if not greater, to, to share. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you're sitting in the living room or wherever you were watching on Sunday, the professional women, you know, the real national ladies' championship. And the announcer, who I don't think anybody expected, uh, because I had friends text me. I had told everybody I was going. This was my first golf tournament. Um, so I told everybody I was going. And, you know, I just mentioned to Marjorie the night before, I wish I could come. But I called, and they said I couldn't because of COVID-19. And then about an hour later, I get a text with a, a picture of a VIP pass. to go, yes, you can. You can come. So, um you're sitting, you're watching the national championships, professional women, and suddenly the announcer says, and now back to hole eight to young phenom Catherine Schaefer on Sunday when they're supposed to be just showing the professionals. Um, I mean, that had to make your heart just swell with pride. Both of you. I'm talking to either. Well, I'm talking to you, Peter, on this one. Okay. Um so, without getting too emotional, that was my pass. That was your you pass. Yeah. Okay. So, all right. Uh, Marjorie made made a point uh, to make sure that if we felt comfortable, uh, that Sharon and I would be able to join them. Mm-hmm. Um, the issue there, as you know, because I I don't want to be sarcastic about it, but you you mentioned in the promo, it wasn't exactly the easiest thing for you to just walk around that course. And there weren't any golf carts allowed, nor, you know, they had limited passes. And for those people that were able to, to attend, they were walking that car course. So oh, yeah. that was another thing. I wasn't going to leave Sharon sitting in the car for four hours or five hours uh, while, while we walked around. So, um, but as far as the, the sensations, Mike, it's hard. It's really hard to grab words, know. you know, and, and be able to share those words with your audience or even to sense them myself as far as what they meant 
um, you know, certainly I didn't expect the level of emotion that I was going through uh, prior to, during, and immediately after. Um, other than the fact that it was so satisfying to be able to watch and to hear and to see the results. And I know you were telling somewhat truthful and somewhat in jest about the number one player and happened to be whether or not that person actually belonged even no, playing. and that issue, But, but uh, yeah, okay, I get it. But um, the fact that she could have achieved what she accomplished, I, I think, for Catherine herself, was was a, le, a, le, a level of surprise, and and so how do you measure that in terms of happiness or joy or sensations that you uh, that you feel uh, the the level of excitement and and uh, what that motivation does for you? What you know, succeeding in that one. You know, as you know, I come from a, a world of, of sales of 50 years of trying to do sales through education and, and, and through information, but it's still selling and uh, making that really, really big sale. Um, uh, you know, there's a there's a certain feeling that you get of accomplishment that you say, OK, I not only can I do it, but I did it. And and where do we go from here? How do you keep it? It certainly builds. Marjorie had. She's not planning on sharing this in, in this show, but she had that level of excitement in high school um, at the end of her high school career about being able to pull together a very important rally in her school, which was all about um, uh, helping that school grow and become more peaceful. And we were going through a very turbulent time uh, and she was able to single handedly put together this project that ended with such a high level of, of uh, joy and excitement and success that, that that really brought her to another level of confidence uh, in, her, in her college years and beyond. Am I speaking out of turn, Marjorie, about that? Nope. Or you're not sharing? I don't hear it. <laughs> Am I just not hearing or are you not talking? Yes, that's true. Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, and, and I think that there's some similar uh, you know, relationship there to the level of experience. Uh, Catherine is having it somewhat earlier, um, but this is a great jumping, a point to jump off from. It's not certainly an end to anything, and it's not certainly a culmination of anything. It's the beginning of big things potentially to happen, and now it's a question of how far she wants to take it. She has the talent. She has the skill. She has the backing. She has the, the crowd. She has what we call the TP, total package. Um, you know, that's grandpa talking, I guess, to some degree. But um, now it's just a question of, you know, how far does Catherine want to take that and to, and to what level? And, and where does it play in terms of her importance in life? Because that is another factor here. Um, you, know, when, you know, how much of it is the game and how much of it is the challenge? And then how does that, how does it relate to her overall in terms of her feeling successful in life? All right. uh, and and those are questions yet to be answered. Yeah. Well, you know what? That's a that's a wonderful way of putting it. And before we get into the COVID nineteen thing, I want to. Uh, well, first of all, I wasn't jesting about she really should have come in first. So, Catherine, um, if you do want to send me that man's name and address, we'll make sure he's not in the next pro am. <laughs> 
see, <laughs> see if you can drive a golf ball with a right hand like this. Um, so I wasn't jesting. So that's number one. All right, Catherine, it's five years from now. No, six years from now. You're 20. You're probably in the middle of college. What else? Are you top ranked in the what, what do you want for yourself? Oh, well, I have many goals. I have many goals for the future. Um, I would love to be um, in a D1 college. I would love to get ready to get my LPGA card. Um, talking to maybe some sponsors. I, I'm... I'm so excited for the future. I there's Is that an 18 or 20? Marjorie, you you uh, come in here to this conversation as mom. Are you able to get it at 18 or 20 or 21? Or at 18, she can go pro, can't she? I can. She she can go. She can go pro. Um, it it's a matter of right now. She's not. How do I explain this? Um, she can go pro. It doesn't have to be a certain age, right. but she wants to play for school. Okay. So you can't do both. No, no, she can't be amateur standing and have the card. So you're looking more, Catherine, around that 20-year mark than 18 to, to get your LPG card? Um, I would like to graduate college first and then get my LPGA card. Wow. I just want the full academics. I just... Mm-hmm. That's okay. That's a great plan. Mom, you're okay with this plan? I I support her, and she's got the brains. She does. Well, you know, there's of the of the 75 to 80,000 people that are going to see this show, approximately 70, maybe 72,000 of them uh, were actually introduced to me by your father. So they know <laughs> um so they do know the Gelbox family. And for those of you that know the Gelbox family, you know this is a family of overachievers. Um, we're not going to go into mom's achievements right now, um, but this is a family of overachievers, Catherine. You know that you were brought up in it. And for you to uh, actually do something that even has that family going, what? Um, is is just staggering for your young life. I mean, this is, uh, I mean, you do have, I know there are a lot of people watching that go, this is true. I mean, it's, you know, it's the gelb wax and this is what you expect, but no one expected what you did uh, two months ago. I mean, you know, when Marjorie would come home, you know, from college with another Nobel Prize, you know, Grandpa would just go, big deal, another one, yeah. What did you do different, Marjorie? Um, you know, it, you, you've just, it's unbelievable. But now, we are going to get serious, okay, um, because there isn't many families, um, and I come across a lot, a lot, a lot of people, uh, that are as close as all of you. And uh, I don't know, I'm sure it didn't start as birth, but pretty soon when you were growing up, Catherine, you and your sisters uh, started spending an inordinate amount of time with Grandpa and Grandma because you're that close. The relationship, um, Peter, between you and Marjorie is, uh, is, is something staggering. I can't believe it was 10 years ago, Marjorie. I, I just can't believe. Um, but 10 years ago, uh, Peter was given a staggering um, honor 
of Man of the Year by the Florida Assisted Living Coalition. I just can't believe it was 2011. And uh, people were roasting him to a point. Um, But then his children got up and each made speeches. And um, when Julie was done, uh, there was tears in everybody's eyes. Uh, Catherine, I guess you were three, so you weren't there. Ha ha. Um, But of course, Marjorie, when you got done with your speech, um, you know, they were just CEOs of huge companies bawling their eyes out, as you explained. Um, I remember I was back against the wall and Mark Goldberg was to my left. And, you know, and I'm just sitting here like this and, you know, I can't show everybody how I'm crying. This is crazy. And I like look over to the left and Mark Goldberg's. (laughs) So I figured I'm okay now. I can let it out. The bond, Marjorie, between you and your dad is, is, is just staggering. And you guys have just went 13 months without hugging, kissing, um, Birthday parties, other than drive-bys, Catherine, you and your uh, your sisters haven't had a sleepover in 13 months, which is probably the longest you may have gone in your entire life. Um, COVID-19 has had an effect a lot more than closing businesses and and uh, economic and political uh, ramifications. The personal ramifications have. Uh, have just been staggering. So uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep this with Marjorie for a while. Fourteen, uh, Thirteen months without seeing other than something like this or across a hundred feet of a, a backyard without being close to Dad. It's been rough, hasn't it? It's been more than rough, and it's again, it's really hard to convey that feeling that I think so many people are feeling and so many people are having and. You know, the the world looks very different, very, very different right now, and it continues to be ever-changing, and no question that it has disrupted our routine, which has absolutely affected all of our mental and emotional well-being and that physical distancing when you are so used to as, as a daughter and also as a business um, relationship that my, I have with my parents and my family and the, the closeness and then the children. It's been um, really um, heart-wrenching and not being able to physically hold or physically hug each other and and of course the sleepovers and everything but so many countless activities that we would do on a regular basis and when that's taken away from you you so realize that that lack of physical encounter with each other that lack of just that hug is very unnatural and it goes against everything that's really a part of us because we are such a close, tight-knit, loving, compassionate family. So it's just been um, so, so incredibly difficult to work our way and move through this uh, for me and the children on our perspective. And, and then, of course, 
on how they are feeling in, in their place and in their house and in their space in going through this. But, you know, we learn to just actively listen to each other and how they're feeling and really respect what they say and what we say and we're all everybody as as a world is moving through things in very different ways and our feelings about things um ours mirror each other so it's it, you know we've been very conservative through all of this but that that distancing has been rough you know we've we've played virtual games and um, like you said, the drive-bys for birthdays, uh, which I was crying my eyes out for, and sometimes dropping food or dinners at their front door, prescriptions or different things like that, and then in, in their backyard. But right. it wasn't even six feet right? or 10 feet. It's more like 20 most of the time. Mm-hmm. So it's just you just want to really hold each other and... Yeah, and I I have nothing but respect for, you know, for all families. But, you know, there's a lot of families out there. In fact, in my opinion, the majority of the country, you know, especially here in Florida, a lot of grandparents see their uh, grandchildren two or three times a year and their children maybe even less and families separate. And um, I have nothing but respect for that. You know, you can have a lot of love over distance. And and that is the way most of the country actually does live. And, of course, uh, my family, your family, and, and many other families, we can't survive like that. It's very, uh, it's very rough for us. I, I don't know what I would do. I mean, I stayed in, as your father knows, I stayed in um, for about five and a half months mm-hmm. without seeing the grandkids. And, of course, I'm a little bit younger than your dad, but not that much younger. In fact, in some ways, I think he's in better shape. Um, but at the end of five months, I just said, that's it. If I get it, I get it. I can't not hug my grandchildren. And um, it, it, it's a very different thing. So, Catherine, before I get to Grandpa, even though your mom put it eloquently as she usually does, I'm going to put you on the spot, unfortunately. Sorry. But this is what comes with world fame. So <laughs> get used to it. Um, it's been rough, hasn't it? Or how, you tell me, how has it been? No sleepovers, no hugs from Grandpa, no uh, looking back from the uh, from the tea and seeing him standing there. How's your your speak for you and your sisters, if you would, about what this last thirteen months was like? I mean, I'm gonna try not to get emotional. I know my sisters would get emotional too because, it, honestly, it really has been emotional not seeing my grandpa and my grandma. I mean, I'm so, I was so used to spending so much time with my grandpa and my grandma together. Uh, my grandpa would take me out to lunch dates and we would go to the game room and we'd have so much fun together. And we'd go to the golf course all the time and play together. It was, and it was just heartbreaking once COVID hit, just not getting that anymore. So I really hope soon that will start to pick up again. Well, we're going to make an announcement, you know. On behalf of your family, before the end of the show, that you just told me about before the show, that you're going to put an end to that very soon. But Peter, I hate to do this to you, but I'm going to. How has it been for Grandma and Grandpa this year? Okay, I'm taking a deep breath. Um, well, first of all, let me just be very clear to say that I, I think I can speak on behalf of our entire family of 
Julie's family and Marjorie's family, our combined families, uh, and say that we all feel very blessed to be in, in the position that we're in today um, and um, that we've um, been able to get through this. Um, there are certainly thousands upon thousands of people, hundreds of thousands of families uh, across America and, and even more so across the world that have similar stories to tell uh, at different levels and whether they've been physically uh, together or not in, uh, prior to COVID that still had strong emotional ties to their kids and their grandchildren. We are blessed because, um, number one, um, we've always had that bond and, and that bond would, would uh, in, in no way, shape or form, be able to be impacted uh, uh, other than uh, the, the feeling of the separation, but that wouldn't have impacted our, our sense of our connection to each other. Um, and uh, grateful for uh, for us to all be here and be healthy. Um, having had the experience of, uh, like you said, missing the um, her cousin uh, Leia's high school uh, graduation or, or Lauren's uh, college graduation, and and the long and the long list that I'm sure a lot of families uh, can relate to and compare their own list. Um, um, with that being said, there have been um, great moments of, of joy and connection uh, long distance and, and uh, you know, feelings of, of hope and, and prayer that are being answered. Um, and, um, you know, it's, it's, it's not easy to, to express these kind of things, even though I'm, as you know, used to talking a lot. Um, I can't really get through uh, tonight uh, without um, uh, having some difficulty here. So let it just be uh, said that um, we are uh, very happy to, to be reaching a point uh, of more dependence on science and, and less on politics and more dependence on, on um the, the wonderful world of, of uh, medical care and, and the frontline folks that risk their lives to take care of the rest of us. Um, and, and our connection, as you know, Michael, full uh, to the Weizmann Institute of Science in Israel and, and what they've accomplished along with the whole country of Israel and the scientific uh, brains that, that have brought us to this point, not only in Israel, but across the world and in particular, here in the United States, to now be uh, seeing, watching, and hearing about the over two, close to three million people now a day being able to get vaccinated. And we were extremely fortunate, excuse me for one second. Uh, we were extremely fortunate, fortunate to be uh, part of that early group in January of uh, being able to access Pfizer. You and I had uh, a, a call a number of months back about my decision, our our joint decision, Sharon and I, yeah. about um, how we were going to deal with uh, COVID from a personal standpoint and why we were choosing to get vaccinated. And and we're at this point now where we're actually, tomorrow is seven weeks post our second shot and a lot less paranoia, a lot stronger feelings, uh, positive feelings about moving forward as a family, as a country, as a world, with great hopes that we can handle whatever we're going to be 
ended uh, through this combination of variants that are that are approaching. I think a a, a year certainly um, it felt like ten years, but uh, certainly in this last year, so much has been accomplished and so much lost. Um, and yet here we are um, with great hopes uh, for the the near and 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 far. Uh, in terms of, of where we're heading with our lives and uh, being able to even appreciate more uh, when something is taken away from you. And some of that was some of that was self-imposed based on choices we were making, and some of it was not. Um, Sharon and I came to a conclusion that we were willing to risk, and it's all about your your risk tolerance or your lack of willingness to take uh, risk, we decided that um, hopefully we will have 5, 10, 15, 20 years more. And we were willing to risk the loss of, if you want to call it that, a year or so of our lives um, in order to protect ourselves and our family and friends uh, going on a go-forward basis uh, based on age, based on health, based on a number of different factors. It wasn't just a, a, a decision made easily. Um, and um, and we're happy that we did that now. Yeah. Uh, we, we think we made the right decision. We think we made the right move. And, and here we are um, a little over a year later. Uh, there are things that we missed that we'll never be able to get back. Uh, but that's all part of, of life and that you accept what you can't control or change. And and you grow from it and, and you move on. And, and you just, um, as I said, to begin with, we feel very blessed. We live in a wonderful home. We, Sharon and I have been together over 50 years. Uh, I think April 1st, believe it or not, April Fool's Day is the celebration of our 54 years together. Our first date was on April Fool's Day. Um, and um, we are very much looking forward. Um, yesterday was... Uh, some record setting for us. I actually walked into Publix for the first time in 13 months into a supermarket <laughs> or any store. Uh, it was five minutes because I was picking up some flowers to uh, head to my brother and sister-in-law's new condo um, to be able to share without masks on because all four of us have been fully vaccinated now for, Great. as I said, um, seven weeks. And we sat down and actually had dinner together and the new normal, you know, uh, we, we just were so excited. And um, tomorrow, I don't know if I'm preempting what you wanted to do no, or I not. Want to, uh, to say this. Yes, go. I'm sorry? No, I want you to tell everybody oh, about this. What's happening um, Based on the CDC guidelines, the current guidelines of the last week, and Dr. Fauci, uh, who we follow very closely, um, we are going to be at Marjorie and Catherine's house um, in inside their house having uh, dinner that we're going to share together. Even though they haven't had the opportunity yet to be vaccinated, Marjorie doesn't yet qualify, uh, and the kids certainly don't. Uh, but we have been given the, the green light, and uh, with you know uh, an amazing feeling of, of excitement for us to be able to do that. And I'm sure that's happening across. Are certainly across our country. Yeah. There are stories yeah. being told on on the news about families that are now gathering with uh, with some level of confidence that we are not going to be spreading uh, the the 
COVID to them and that we wouldn't be likely catching it from them. Now, it happens to me and Marjorie and her family are particularly uh, careful when it comes to their immune systems and protecting of their immune systems and doing things that uh, come more naturally than just getting a vaccination in your arm. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're, we're really pretty excited about it. And then uh, this following week, uh, we will be gathering together um, in a vacation home that we have yet seen uh, <laughs> in another state um, to celebrate Passover together, um, which will be uh, a week from Saturday with Julie and her family, so, who have all had the opportunity to, to be vaccinated. Coming, so, I'm sorry. Who is coming to the night, um, Marjorie, to your house? Just mom and dad? Yes. So it's a yeah, first we're keeping time. it small. So it's keeping it small and keeping it private. Okay. Just so it's the first time in thirteen months. Yes. Okay. It's 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 almost this feeling like I'm having because it's almost it's almost like I'll believe it when I see it. Is that like right. I'm like I'm holding my breath? Catherine, I saw you go like this. Oh yeah, really excited. <laughs> I haven't seen them in forever. Oh. <laughs> All right. Well, I've been lucky as they take, you know, every time one of you start to talk, they take the camera off me. So I got my <laughs> handkerchief, but nobody sees it. So, uh, uh, so tomorrow, so go ahead. I, I did want to mention one thing, um, and I'm sure a lot of families are feeling this. Uh, there's a level of um, maturity, I guess you would say, that it takes to have an understanding of what was taking place. And Catherine, fortunately, was even though it was emotional, she was able to grasp a hold of that as most of us as adults were and understand that the risks were just too high, you know, and that you just had to accept the, the, the uh, idea of the separation. Um, whereas Catherine's sisters, uh, Victoria and Kensington, Marjorie can share even better because I wasn't physically there. I'm speaking more third party. We're struggling a lot more with the concept of, well, wait a minute, you know, seeing grandpa and grandma with masks on 25 and sometimes 50 feet away in a driveway or doing a Zoom call or, or a FaceTime call was actually for us worse than not seeing them at all um, and just being together. And um, Marjorie, you may want to just share a moment or two about that, because I'm sure a lot of people can relate to that, because when you're seven or eight or nine or 10, that's a pretty hard concept to grab a hold of. Can you do that if you, don't, if you don't want to? It's okay. It's fine. When you know we started, my youngest Kensington was had her ninth birthday, so she's eight nine. Um, and Victoria, my middle daughter, was ten eleven. And yeah, it's it's became really this Zoom fatigue um, on the computers of zooming family members or friends all the time as well as their virtual schooling and then when we would get together and we have our masks on and they and my parents their grandparents have their masks on or if we did get together for say my sister's 50th birthday and we they had masks on and we're really really far apart from each other and really having to elevate our voices to hear each other speak or do anything like that. 
And for my youngest, it was much harder to, after so long in this and enduring this behavior for so long, where, you know, we were at our last gathering and my father, uh, you know, was trying to say something to my youngest Kensington and he's like, I can't hear you. And Kensington just said, I, I don't even want to be here. I, I, and my, my dad, her grandfather is saying, why? And she goes, because I can't sit on your lap because I can't walk over to you because I can't hug you because I can't play basketball with you right now. And I would just rather not be here at all. And I'm crying because she's crying. I look over my dad and he's crying. And, and you realize that, you know, everybody is just moving through this in different ways. And it's just for so long that you have to, or we chose to really lean in hard and surrender hard into this. And, and realize this just is what we have to do to protect the ones that we love. And, you know, my, my parents or grandparents, or it was just we weren't willing to, to risk it and the what if then something happened and, and then having to deal with those right. feelings of the what if but seemingly, right. seemingly difficult in a whole other way for, for the little ones of just, I would rather not, it's so close yet so far away right. from each other. And they just want that physical hug and that touch and that interaction that they had every week um, and just gone in a blink. So Mike, let me just interject something of, uh, of a practical nature. You know, I'm 74 years old, and I've had a mild um, hearing loss that not needing a hearing aid most of the time. And that's just not me talking. I mean, I've certainly considered it and looked into it. But um, so I don't hear it as well as I would like to, but I hear pretty much everything. The pro- here's the practical problem. You put a mask on someone, and unless they're really projecting well, like a child, it, it makes it that much more difficult. So that was the problem we were running into. We're sitting outside and we're 25 feet away and I'm trying to have a conversation with her. And, and then on top of it, you know, she's speaking through a mask. So, you know, it's, it's not something that you would think of normally, but I mean, that became a practical problem. On, on, a, on a, a somewhat lighter note, you know, uh, Sharon and I joke about it um, because... I tell people it's it's not the best situation to have one spouse that's not seeing well. Sharon's always had you know a, a, a problems since early on adulthood or even before she became an adult with different eye conditions uh, that she's uh, been trying to control to her best ability. And now I said, you know, you really don't want to be a couple that where one doesn't hear well and one doesn't see well. <laughs> so we joke around about it a, a lot, particularly if you're in a house like this where you have high ceilings. Yeah. It's not that easy, you know, to function because Sharon doesn't see that I'm not in the room and she's talking to me and I'm yelling out to her. So we're back and forth uh, dealing with it. But but that, that issue that Marjorie just brought up was a, a really practical problem that we were experiencing of 
you know, having masks on. And then it just made it even more difficult and more frustrating for everybody. Again, with that being said, I don't want this show to end to, to make anyone feel that we feel that we are entitled more than anyone else, that we feel that we suffered more than anyone else, that we feel, uh, you know, any more down or negative or sad because we have so many blessings and so many things that other people, when you're watching people online for water or on food or on uh, line because they don't have uh, sufficient finances to be able to handle or having to be given, you know, forgiven on, on a number of uh, basis, whether it be their mortgage or their rent or electric or dealing with their landlord or, or losing their jobs. Um, thank goodness that we were able to do the kind of planning that we've been able to do over our life. I know this is not a business show today, no, it's okay. but, but um, I have to interject that proper planning on, on these levels are, is so critical to be able to look at whether it be long-term care or medical or whether it be financial, um, uh, you know, to be able to be prepared for the unexpected and to be prepared for the unprepared and, and to do stuff so that when something like this happens and we all get into a crisis, that we can rise to the top and, and be able to answer it and, and um, move forward at, at this point and, and not, you know, uh, and not have to fall back too far and be able to to grasp a hold of that ring and and take it and 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 say okay we we're here and we're going to grow from here and, and build from here and not fall apart That's right. and i think the country is at that point where they're ready for that um we happen to be as a family very ready for it yeah there's no doubt it happens a lot during um catastrophes um i remember for at least a month after 911 nobody was republican Nobody was a Democrat. Everybody was American. Um, and it's a kind of a weird analogy, I know. But I think COVID-19 has had a similar effect because COVID-19 uh, just didn't care about the color of your skin, uh, how much your financial statement was, your religion. Um, it just attacked. And it, it affected, uh, you know, grandmas and grandpas and mothers and fathers and daughters and granddaughters and grandsons it just it just attacked so uh dinner is tomorrow night is that correct it is are you cooking or is there going to be chinese food tell the truth Marjorie. well it's actually going to be it's going takeout to be from our, our favorite japanese restaurant let me do a little plug for toshi at okay. kume's I knew it was uh, Asian. We're, we're Jewish, so it and Kume is our hero, who's who stayed open for takeout only for the last full year, mm-hmm. and we're very proud of him uh, hanging in there. So we're we're going to go celebrate a little bit with him, uh, at least on a takeout basis. So I knew there had to be something Asian in there. <laughs> Catherine, did you know? I don't know how much of your Jewish training is formal, but when um, the Jews were wandering the desert. Uh, for generations, they weren't actually looking for the homeland. They were looking for a Chinese restaurant. It was, uh, it's been documented, and that's what they were looking for. Um, I know there's, you know, for everybody that, and there is a lot of people, we kid about it, but there is a lot of people that know you, know your family. You are an incredibly giving family and loving family, and I am absolutely sure that, um, damn it, um, that there's going to be a lot of love and tears and hugs tomorrow 
at dinner. Good one, Sal. Absolutely good ones. Take a video and send it to me, and we'll play it at the beginning of, uh, of next week's show. And a uh, little less than a minute left. Um, thank you guys for being here. Everybody say Share the love. Continue uh, sharing the love, Mike. Absolutely. Always great sharing the love with you guys. Catherine, it's, it's nothing but an incredible future for you. Um, anybody that knows you knows that's true. Um, just nothing but the best in the whole world to you. Wonder Woman, you. nothing but love to you. Um, that's why you don't have to worry about getting COVID because you're impervious to things like that. Um, nothing but love. All of you, thank you so, so thank much you. for sharing. Thank you for having sharing us. this today. Take See care. everybody next week.